Hello, welcome in to episode 239 of Keithness Craft Collective. Today I've got a blather on tables. Hello section, what's a crack section, swap section and a me 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 section. So get your cup of tea, your glass of wine possibly, your dram eh, or your vaccines and I'll let you know what crack's been in Keithness this past, I don't know when it was, a couple of weeks. The blather. This week I've been helping Daisy with a modern studies test on discrimination and different types of it. I've been reading the flashcards for her to answer what is racism on repeat so she learns it and gets a good score from Mr McKeesick. Then a Twitter thread appeared mentioning, oh I should say Mr McKeesick is our modern studies teacher and he is one of the coolest teachers that the Thurso High School has. If you're in Thurso High School and you've got Mr McKeesick, you are on to something because both my children absolutely think he's the bee's knees. We'll come back to bee's knees later. Anyway, back to the Twitter thread. Uh, mentioning someone who's not with bee's knees, Christy Glass, who is a video podcaster with a huge following. Turns out, based on what other people have said, um, she had been saying things about Michelle Obama. I cannot exactly say what it was because I did not go and watch her because I didn't want to give her the airplay. Because I really like Michelle Obama. And I really, really don't like when people say bad things about Michelle Obama. Anyway. Um, and also, she's been exploiting some creators. Which really annoys me as well. Because having been in the situation for being exploited in a business, it is no fun. So, it highlighted the conversation about racism in the crafting community again. So, I thought I would talk about it. Excuse me, I have pages of notes here. Okay, I met Christy Glass a few years ago when she went to Edinburgh Yarnfest. And remember, I went through the list of podcasters and watched and listened to them all so that when they were there, I knew something about them. Well, I was first amused by her and then insulted because she went full on, oh, look at the little Scottish girl in her kilt vibe. Or, as I also call it, patronising and arrogant. However... It's not my want to bitch about other crafters. I just, I just let her get on with it. Get on with herself. I never watched her videos again and I unfollowed her. I just thought, well, she's not for me. She's for other people. I let her get on with it. And then the Twitter thread this week arose. And this issue first arose, I felt vindicated on how, A, I was right about her characteristics as a human. And then I read post after post from people that I respect and follow and like of how she's exploited them or people of the same colour and also why they are why are we still having these same conversations about black, indigenous, people of colour being treated wrongly still. I thought we, we had sort of gotten past this two years ago when it was first highlighted but no, we haven't. So, now Richard listened to me doing this before and he said you're coming across as preachy here but my point is that if you're friends with someone you're only proper friends with them if you defend them and big them up when they're not in the room to defend themselves and this is what I'm trying to do also a question was asked from these people that I respect and follow of why white followers were being silent so I'm not now. At first I was there with my popcorn watching because I'm like, oh, 
I didn't really like that lassie. But as the week went on, I thought, oh, yeah, why wasn't I seeing anything? Especially seeing I'm sitting there doing why is racism, what is racism, and describe racism to DZ's modern studies. And I thought, well, if I don't lead by example, what example is there to Daisy? Because she looks at my Instagram in the first place. So this is what I posted on Instagram stories, which, yeah, I get disappears. Um, and I probably should post this to my board as well. But I've put, I was going to save this for my next episode. I have now. But I think it's important to see it here too, because not all my Instagram pals are listeners. I don't know why, of course. <laughs> smug narcissistic part right plus i want to lead by example to firstly my children and then other white people i am disgusted by kirsty glass's behavior and actions i wasn't a fan of her anyway having met her once but then i just let her get on with herself however it isn't on i do not tolerate racism or discrimination being a good human is showing empathy being true and having a moral compass there's room at the craft table for everyone regardless of our color ethnicity or background not everyone has the same size chair right now. So if us who have the privilege to have bigger chair make space for them, then it is a richer table all round. Open up the space. I will always have space for you at my table. And then I've put, except for you, Kirsty Glass, you said bad things about Michelle Obama and I burnt your chair. But I'm not being flippant about racism. I really don't like Christy Glass. But then at the time... I thought it was just me thinking she was unpleasant, but it turns out it wasn't. And that isn't on, especially when it comes to racist behaviour. So then I say I'll do more about this this next episode, so here I am, doing it earlier because it's been bothering me. Uh, So can I invite you, my listeners, who have a chair at the table, to pull over and make a bit of space? Let's again open this up, please. I have quite a few BIPOC listeners and non-listeners and my life is much, much more fulfilled than having them. Their stories, their grace, their crafty goodness in it. I encourage you to do the same. And like I said, you're only a true friend if you stand up for someone when they're not in the room to defend themselves. If you think it's just focus on the knitting, Louise, I'm also in the knitting, on the knitting. I'm knitting a pattern which is divine and the designer is also black. Had I not made space in my crafty journey, I wouldn't, with all the complications of the history of racism. It can start with a simple buying of a pattern. Me talking about Vanessa Smith in my podcast a lot, <laughs> I say a lot, because this pattern is taking me quite a while. And it's not because it's well not well written, it's an amazing pattern. And this is what I'm saying, that we're bringing richness to the table because... It is so well written. It is a beautiful, beautiful pattern. It's just me taking my time doing it. And it is a ripple effect because then you think, oh, I can't wait to see what Louise is rattling on about. I'm going to go and look up this pattern and this designer. And then you see it and go, it's not that hard. I like that. And then you start following and then you start buying Vanessa's patterns. She can then pay her bills, support herself and keep designing things. She feels seen, she is successful, and in turn pays her tax and her community is better for it. It's not easy when you're not being seen, and that's kind of one of the reasons why I started my podcast all them years ago. Not many people hear a Caithness accent. It's not the same as being a different colour, of course, but not many people do. So I, at the time, thought, 
well, if not me, who? And thankfully now, since then, other people have come up and gone. And we've got two wonderful video podcasts from Caithness as well, Beardy Chill and A Thoughtful Nadder. Both wonderful, wonderful people. And well, I like to think you heard my accent first, so you understood them. And that ripple effect continues. So let's make it so about because somebody is black, you give them more space and then we enrich the craftiness. Right. So meantime, I've got some yarn from Lady Dye Works or Neighbourhood Yarns. Crochet up from the beautiful jumper from the magazine Murat and on you go. That is awesome. I want one. And they are all BIPOC creators that I'm talking about here. In the meantime, I've bought yarn from Waste Yorkshire Spinners and Tartan from Scotch Tweed. And they're not BIPOC, but I'm also talking about them and the craft business wheel turns. See, it's not about closing out our BIPOC or our white friends. It's about opening up to give a level playing field to everybody. We can support both at the same time as finding new friends and inspiration. Think of it like food. We in the UK eat food from all over the world regularly without thinking too much that spaghetti bolognese is Italian, the curries from the east, like Bangladesh or India or Pakistan, and the fajitas are Mexican or thereabouts. And then you watch Korean drama, hello, and start wanting what they're eating. So you do, and the money is spread out. But it's not yet stopping the local dishes of haggis, neeps and tatties, but spreading out the palate. My point now is open up your palate because you're missing out otherwise. Don't be racist. Now, I wrote that, I read it out to Richard, we've changed it slightly and I went to it, thought about it, I've been sleeping on it. It's still never going to be good enough. The words that will help this change forward. Um, we need to address what happened and we need to go forward. But I'll say this again, I do not tolerate racism in any shape or form. And it comes down to this. I would not be able to stand with my black listeners or people, indigenous people or people of colour with a true moral compass, feeling like, hello, how are you doing? I'm so happy to see you. If I hadn't said anything and also if I was standing there wearing something that somebody racist had designed or I was then going on about it. That's my line in the sand. And we accept that and move on. So moving on to the hello section. I'm going to say hello to you, Carla. (laughs) My very, 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 very good friend, Carla. She would go so far as to see my BFF, Carla, from school. And possibly my other BFF, FF. I don't know how many Fs there is. Uh, Emma. Doubt it though. Hi Emma. <laughs> um, hello. Big hello to you. Um, and then I'm going to say hello to Vivian and Alison of Keep Cam and Carry Yarn because I've been listening to them quite a bit recently. Uh, I save them up a little bit and then listen to them on a Monday when I'm doing stuff. Um, I'd also like to say hello to Mardette, Marsha Schmarta and Cashman Kerr Prince from Instagram. Waltzy crack. I had to pause this because 
after my husband saying, let's leave them, let's leave mummy alone because she is recording downstairs in the sunroom instead of upstairs than she normally does because eh, I know that I played that music too loud last episode and yes, I do know it was Quince eh, yarn. Who, I think it's, they've been questioned on if they've been exploiting people too, but Anyway, the yarn itself was quince and I bought some when I was in America and I did speak to the owner of the company at the time and she was lovely um, and I loved working with this yarn and I, I couldn't believe I couldn't remember it. And I know that there was a few of you shouting at the your podcast going, it's quince! Anyway, that said, I didn't do show notes. Sorry, listeners. I probably won't do show notes for that one. I might do them for this. Excuse me, moving my chair. Everything makes a noise down here. Anyway, so there's me telling my children and my husband, I'm going to record, I'm going to make noise. And then the dog starts woofing and looks right. And I see them doing a silly dance past the outside of the sunroom. And he thought it was hilarious. And the bairns are like, why are we doing this? And the dog's woofing his head off. So I had to stop. So Richard is continuing to make the dinner by himself because that is his punishment. <laughs> We're having roast beef and Yorkshire puddings and he's doing it all himself. I've peeled the potatoes. Get on it. Right. Actual seriousness. Uh, recently, and I meant to say this your last episode, but I forgot. It was a bit gash the last episode. Net a Journey podcast is coming back. She's put out a 16-minute episode so far and do you know I would never have found this but for me mooching around on Ravelry the last time and it was she's not podcasted for about 10 years when Daisy was three and this microphone hold on I'm going to tap the microphone was Susan Dolph's I think I've told you this before but she traded it to me or bought me, I can't remember if I bought it or not, but um, this was her microphone, and she's like, that's it, I'm, I'm stopped. But she has decided to come back. So I'm really, really looking forward to her first official proper long episode. She said she's not going to interview podcasters again, which I was a bit disappointed in, because I was hoping that she would do a review of who she did, and that was me. <laughs> but, you know, in all honesty probably a bad not a bad thing um it was one of the highlights of my early podcasting career was being interviewed by susan Dolph. i was like you've made it now anyway i'm looking forward to listening to her come back and the video podcast i couldn't remember i don't honestly know why is leona of rusty ferret so there you go there's two some really cool podcasts um well video podcast and podcasts that you can go and try out the vlogmas is full on just now. Everybody who's cool is doing vlogmas, uh, which is do something crafty, probably video, I think that's what it means every day. Some of them are on YouTube, some of them are on Instagram, and it's kind of cool. Um, I'm loving people's advent calendars. There's Some people have quite a few. Uh, so if you've got an advent calendar, especially if it's a yarny one, even if you've just made it yourself, I applaud you. I love seeing people's progress and if they've bought advent yarn calendars 
for whatever it is they're making, like cowls or socks or uh, blankets and this daily thing that kind of builds up. I just find it really good. Happy Hanukkah to those who have celebrated it and happy holiday to everybody else who has winter celebrations just now or even summer celebrations because I know I do have some down south, down, down, down south, uh, people in the southern hemisphere, listeners and all the religions in between. Swap. Right. If you have not posted your swap package for the Christmas winter decoration swap, please do so now. And mine went Friday. And Claire should have had hers yesterday. And Nora, you should get yours in a while because I don't know how long it takes to get to Washington, D.C. I had the lovely Nora of Silver Spring Knits and Claire, I don't know what her, Osmar? I think that's her Instagram name. Um, I'm not sure if you are on Ravelry, Claire, so hello. And both of you do not listen to the last part of Me, Me, Me section because I will be talking about what I um, have made because it's podcast fodder and... You might just want to wait until you get it. Probably more you, Nora, because yours might not come until the end of next week. But if you have not posted, please do so next week so that they get it before Christmas. Um, Also, I'd like to say a huge thank you to Diane Hughes, who sent me a lovely, lovely package which contained a Christmas decoration in it and some gorgeous fibre spades yarn. I love fibre spades. It made me nostalgic because I bought some years ago and made shawl with it. So, I don't know. I think I'm going to make a woolly worm head hat with it or another clincher shawl. And I don't know. It's in a blue denim colour, so... And it's four-ply. And it's just really, really lovely. And there was lots of other bits and pieces in it. So, thank you very, very much. section because it's all about me. We used to call this the beaker section but that's because the beaker from Sesame Street used to go me 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 me. Yeah that brings you back to when Sandy used to do this the introduction parts didn't it? His voice is a bit too deep now and that laptop died so we don't have the sound anymore which is sad but never mind. Right um I went for my lunch with the Keith and Squillers quite recently and oh my heart filled up it was just so lovely to see them eh, the Quillers, the textile artists and the sewers from the Thursday group because I hadn't seen hardly any of them since before the pandemic and when I started working because eh, the groups tend to meet during the week when I'm working and it's just, it was really nice. A lot of us hadn't sewed as much and I think it is honestly because you're not seeing everybody with the same inspiration every week and therefore you lose a bit of interest in it. You kind of potter on, but it's maybe not the same. So I really enjoyed that and Keith and Squillers have started back up again and the sewing day has started back up again, so that's good. Um... And also I had off some crafty fun with Sarah, Debbie and Naomi and we were around Debbie's lovely table and 
they were doing some macrame. Debbie was showing them how to do it. And it was it was really lovely. It was just such a nice, nice evening. We were catching up, talking. And then Sarah had some beeswax candles kit to do. Just sheets of them. Uh, I'd say about six or seven inches by six or seven inches. I'm not sure exactly what that is in centimetres. Being a metric person, I should. But, um, and then there was some candle wick to go and she gave us each a sheet and then we got to make different styles of candles and then I took them home and I said, I'm going to have to hide these from Daisy and Buchle. So Buchle was then sniffing around in my uh, knitting bag. I was So I was glad that I took the beeswax candles out because I would imagine that Buchle would have eaten them. Even if he didn't, I still imagine he would have. And Daisy saw them and went, I want to do that. So that might be quite a nice thing coming up and maybe get some beeswax sheets and wick and also she was saying that it's uh she learned a thing about bees or we all sat there and said so tell us this thing about bees and she says well i learned this thing about bees is that it's not just the honeybees that are um getting a little bit less it's more of the solitary bees like the honey uh, the bumblebees the different types of bumblebees so we need to do bee homes ah so we looked up Pinterest things and I says, well, do you know what? Maybe one day we could do that in my shed. But we decided that that would be more of a summer thing because it's really cold these days. Listeners, I'm very conscious. I'm speaking quite fast. And part of it is because I'm trying to keep this to half an hour because editing it on Soundtrap, whilst it's cool and it's got music and stuff, the file's always huge and it takes ages to um, download and upload it. So maybe listen to me on slower speed, <laughs> like a sloth. So that was amazing. Uh, and Naomi was sitting knitting away and she had two jumpers. One was a Carbath by Kate Davis and it was the jumper, not the cardigan. And she was using a yellow yarn. But I can't remember what make of yarn it was. And then she whipped out an Ella Gordon jumper as well. And it had a ferrile top a yoke and she was using Shetland yarn again now is this just beautiful beautiful knitter again she made them a crammy and again she made the beeswax candles it's just amazing all the same time I never I did the beeswax candles but I didn't do them a crammy I just sat and knitted on one jumper <laughs> felt inadequate there you go I love sitting speaking to Naomi um it's not a competition craft is not a competition it is embracing that's the way i look at it unless you're doing wri and then i suppose it is but then again when they're doing wri it's about learning all the different types of crafts and encouraging each, each other um the jumper i was working on is the same one <laughs> It is the Flax by Tin Can Knits and I know I've mentioned the Vanessa Smith, the Severine, but that is still in hiatus upstairs. So I'm halfway down the sleeve or maybe, I was going to say four fifths, but that's nearly finished. I should think I should be doing, uh, or maybe above the elbow on this. And I've still got to go to below the wrist on this jumper sleeve. And I'm using Iona Yarns, and which I bought a 
cone of Edinburgh Yarn Fest and I don't think there's going to be enough. So of course I'm knitting faster because that's what you do when you're playing yarn chicken. I am completely and utterly playing yarn chicken. So I'm still kind of enjoying this and I'm trying to get the needles out so that Richard and I can start on his jumper that I've forgotten the name of. Is it it Radari by... Oh, I'll look that up. Uh, So I can get started on the Fidari. Fidari? No, the Ridari. I don't know who Fidari is. Maybe it's his brother. Uh, By Vedas Yon's daughter. Richard said, I don't think it's daughter. In my head, it's daughter because um, it's the translation of daughter instead of son for Icelandic. But he thinks it's translated, uh, pronounced daughter which sounds the same as what I say. So I apologise. I should look that up because it's quite ignorant of me. If you know better, I'm sure you're shouting at me. Feel free to tell me. I will look it up and do it right next episode. In fact, I should probably just edit this out. Yeah. I'm going to have a edited out part right at the end because it's easier to do this. <laughs> mm, remember Twinset Designs used to have edited out bits at the end? Well, that's going to be me now, but not as funny. Hi, Jan. Hi, Ellen. And hi, Lisa. Uh, right, so I was... He says, well, you could talk about me. I says, I told you last episode and played it to him. So he said, but we need to sit and knit. And I says, but I'm trying to finish this jumper so I can free up my needles. And yeah, it hasn't happened yet. So I'm, I'm getting there. I'll get onto it tonight. Now, I... Uh, I am reading Ambrose Parry, A Corruption of Blood, which is the third in the series of by Ambrose Parry about the same protagonist, Raven, who is a doctor in 1850s Edinburgh. Um, it's really quite good. And it, oh, the writing and descriptive words are exquisite. It's by Christopher Brookmire and his wife, who is an actual doctor. So she kind of knows about all the the doctory part of this and he does the writing but I'm sure that she puts in the exquisite writing adjectives because <laughs> his other book no it's actually he's a really good writer I've heard him we went to John O'Groat's book festival a few years and he was there and um, I'll give him credit where it's due he's, he's a proper writer if you've never read any Christopher Brookmeyer or Ambrose Parry, I would recommend all of them. It's very dark. Some of them more dark than others. And now I'll come on to what I've been doing for my swap package. So Nora and Claire, listen to this later after you've opened yours. Okay, this is your warning. Right, there you go. Okay, so I was like, oh, well, I'll just sew something. I was like, no, I got a book a couple of swaps ago. I made the snowman, which is on the front cover. It's so cute. It's furry, but I was quite delighted it didn't turn into zombie snowman because remember my zombie Paddington? Yeah, so it wasn't like that. It is made in pieces and then you sew it all up and the instructions are pretty good. You use scraps of four-ply and thankfully I had some white four-ply in my stash for baby knitting, which... I haven't used. So I was using up uh, other bits and pieces and for a scarf I used the Tits Out collection um, and I got this when I was in Dublin 
uh, by um, this is knit is that the yarn shop name there and um, I just loved that so um, they've got a little bit of yarn I absolutely loved and then there was some brown in his hat his turquoise blue and then I had to French embroider French knot embroider some uh, buttons and then he got a carrot for a nose and Richard says his nose is a bit flat so it's because he fell over <laughs> I like his nose I think his lo- nose is cute and it was really it's, it's a lovely little snowman and, and if it wasn't quite so footery I would maybe make quite a few for me now I didn't put a, a, a tie on him to put on the tree because I reckon he'd probably be quite heavy so I'm hoping that they'll sit up properly with this I also made a little pouch um, a couple of years back I think this is the last retreat I did I bought a pattern from Luli Knits and she had this she's got some gorgeous stuff she's still got her 80s show woman I'm sure she does um, and it is like a notions pouch and it uses a snap magnet closure and I did it using Keithness tartan at the time but I I don't have very much left of this so I used some of my tar- Guardians of Scotland tartan that I had left over and um, there was other bits and pieces that I put in but I did also buy some West Yorkshire spinners yarn the Christmas colours and I got the winter kind of colour it's uh, blues and I think there's white in there um, yarn colour and it's sock yarn, it's four ply and it, it, I got three balls, I got one for Nora, one for Claire and one for me, so we're going to be yarn triplets and I think I foresee a pair of socks in my future, or something listeners I think that'll do <laughs> I hope your Sunday dinner has been just as lovely as mine's is about to be. I've really enjoyed not cooking any of it. So um, I'm now going to go and edit this and then I shall be knitting on my flax or tinker knits and then the radari. I should have written down who that is but um, I haven't. <laughs> so listeners, um, I was going to say keep calm and carry on but it's not my podcast. <laughs> keep keep on crafting that's the end of my podcast that's it and what's the other one the poll I always used to say is hold your knitting close and haste you back because we like to think about Paula. well I do anyway <laughs> hello welcome into this episode of Keithness Craft Collective actually episode 239 <laughs> the amateur hour um, no, I'm actually using my podcasting microphone and the laptop, so I should sound a little bit fancier than I actually am being. Anyway, <laughs> I've forgotten what I was going to say. I'm going to start this again. Mm-hmm.